Welcome back to True Story, the only podcast where if you listen to the entire thing and you don't like it, you get your money back. Yeah. Just to be clear, though, the, the money won't be returned by us. Um, so just something something to add there. Anyway, my name is Ahmed and with me, as usual, is Annie. Hello. Now, I know a lot of people didn't think we would actually release an episode uh, within six months of that last one, but... Um, we're really trying to, to fix our performances here. Uh, we're going to commit to it. Yeah. That's right. And let's start with some major stories. So uh, President Trump had his first rally of the 2020 election in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, a few days ago. Now, I know some of you are wondering, a rally in the middle of a pandemic, really? Yes, they went ahead anyway. Uh, nobody was wearing masks either because that's a sign of slavery, apparently. <laughs> anyway, the real story of the night is how the Trump campaign claimed one million people wanted tickets. And, you know, so they had a whole stadium booked and an outdoors overflow area. And they were worried, oh, my gosh, we're going to have so many people. Can we even handle them? And in the end, only 10,000 or so people showed up. Uh, they had to actually close down the uh, overflow area because nobody was there. And the stadium was half empty. And so well, how could that happen? Well, it turns out kids on TikTok all around the world booked a whole bunch of tickets with Oklahoma postcodes and phone numbers to inflate demand. And then they didn't show up sitting at home and laughing as, you know, Trump addressed this half-empty stadium. So that's the Trump 2020 campaign getting trolled by the TikTok generation. <sighs> I feel like I need to set the record straight here. Um, I've, I've been speaking to the folks over at uh, Trump 2020, and we were delighted with the event. Um, lots of energy, enthusiasm, and, of course, coronavirus. I mean, what, what more do you want from a campaign run in, in this year, right? Um, it, it, this is really, that's what you're looking for, right? I actually heard a uh, few of these Secret Service agents had to go into quarantine. Um, yeah. Probably came as, a, you know, a bit of good news to a few of them. Because, you know, the thing about going into quarantine is that it's really just a holiday. Uh, so everybody was really happy. Yeah, I, overall, I think it went well. Um, another thing you didn't um, mention is that uh, Donny addressed a full arena in Arizona a few days later for students for Trump. Uh, that was a big, beautiful event. Turnout was huge. Uh, you know, everyone had a brilliant time. Um, you know, many of these students um, attending were actually friends of mine uh, over at Trump U. Uh, what, what's weird is that uh, okay. they're still at they're still at university. Um, something about failing classes and tuition. Pay, I don't know. Yeah, obviously I had to drop out because I moved to China uh, back then. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, you know, I want to actually move on from Trump to another tragic and head scratching <laughs> story. Um, Novak Djokovic uh, and the cases of coronavirus piling up in the men's tennis tour. So here's the deal: Djokovic, who is the world's number one male tennis player decided to ignore all the advice of experts and host a tennis tournament across Serbia, Croatia, and Bosnia for charity and goodwill, right? So he brought together some other top 10 tennis players, and they were seeing playing matches in full stadiums, partying in nightclubs with their shirts off, playing basketball, the whole nine yards, you know, all of it without any social distancing or masks or anything like that. And a few people criticized this, you know, saying that this is probably not the right time for these guys, but they were told to stick to talking about the failures of the West and that the epidemiological situation in Serbia is way better and therefore everything should be fine. 
Anyway, a few days into the event, basically at the conclusion of the first leg in Serbia, one of the players, Dimitrov, tested positive for coronavirus. He was barely able to complete his match. He looked sick, got tested, turns out he was positive. And uh, soon Djokovic, his wife, his coach, and a bunch of other players tested positive as well. So they were forced to scrap the whole tournament. People went into quarantine and there was just a stream of, you know, half-hearted apologies and embarrassment on social media. <sighs> you know, I, I spoke to Novak about this. Um, I think w- one thing I want to say, though, is pointing out that people were partying shirtless. That just seems uncalled for. Um, but anyway, regarding the tournament, right? The, the original plan here, um, as I understand it from, uh, from my conversation with Novak, is... Um, People were supposed to get the virus, and then that would be a way to raise awareness about just how serious the uh, pandemic is, and then you know, that would discourage anyone else from hosting their sports tournaments. I think it went well. Um, people started to freak out a bit um, when more than a few people tested positive. You know how it is. You know, it's not easy to make a difference in the world today, right? Um, yeah, he made a difference in the world, all right. A lot of people who didn't have coronavirus before this tournament now do, thanks to him. <laughs> of course, he wouldn't have had to need to host the whole thing if you just listened to experts beforehand who said this virus is serious and you shouldn't be doing this. Listen, man, I'm just going to say, this is true story, and we have had our fill of experts telling us things beforehand. Now, I know some of you are saying they were right, but that's beside the point. Okay, our last major story today is a focus on the presidential elections. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We've got an incumbent who is very controversial, divisive, hates foreigners. And of course, there are opponents who are gay, speak multiple languages, uh, generally more progressive sort of people. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Andre Duda, Robert Biedron, and Rafael... <laughs> this is some name. Tchaikovsky. Yeah. If you've never heard those names, right? Uh, you think that they're the wrong names, then obviously you've been paying attention to the wrong presidential elections. Um, I'm speaking, of course, about the ones happening in Poland. Now, this is a bit of a segue here. We haven't talked about Poland much on the show, so I think this is a good good segue opportunity to tell you uh, some fun facts about Poland, you know, just to get the party going. Poland has had over 40 independent struggles, so, you know, they're big on fighting the power. <laughs> Um, make of that what you will. When uh, Warsaw was completely destroyed in the Second World War, that's the capital, they actually rebuilt it, right? But they used detailed paintings of what it looked like in the 14th century. So, wow. So, yeah, so it looks weird because it's, it's, the, it's like a redo of the 14th century version of the city, but was done after the Second. Anyway, that's not, that's not the most interesting part. Um, all television in Poland is dubbed by one individual. Now, just to understand what that means, everything you watch in Poland, which is not in Polish, has an audio voiceover, and it's one person that dubs all of it. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> see, my thing is, this, this was actually supposed to be me. I, I'd actually um, auditioned for that job, but I was told that my voice is best suited to radio and not television. Um, incidentally, the same thing I was told when I auditioned to be Morpheus in The Matrix. I guess it's an ongoing theme for me. You know, here I am uh, podcasting wow. as a result. You really uh, swallowed the red pill on that one. But, you know, uh, one of the most religious <laughs> countries in Europe, right, Poland, 
Uh, but they've got this gay guy, that's Robert Pietron, who's, uh, you know, he ran for president. He's currently mayor. He uh, may actually put it off in the next elections. And by mm-hmm. next, I mean more like a decade, because in this one, in the first <laughs> round, he only got 3% of the vote. So he didn't make it to the next round. Uh, but our friend Chaskovsky, uh did, and he's actually going to face off against the incumbent, Duda, that's the guy who hates foreigners, in the second and final round. So polls are tight right now. Uh, the elections are coming up in a few days. We'll have an update for you on the next episode. And once again, by next, I mean in like a decade. No, that that's a joke. We will actually have another one in a few weeks. Come on, man. Like, they, they're not going to know what to believe at this rate. <laughs> okay, we, we have to end with the Zoom story, though, as far as the major stories go, actually, because um, this time, you know, it's coming from Spain, another cautionary tale. So get this, a man involved in a municipal council meeting in northern Spain, right? He left his video on while he was taking a shower. So Uh-oh. Mr. Bernardo Bustillo, right, uh, he joined a video call at ATM, he works for the local municipality, and uh, just like all of us, he got a bit irritated when the meeting started to drag on beyond noon. By the way, how long are these meetings? This is ridiculous, right? <laughs> anyway, so can you forgive him? The guy decided to multitask, and so he took the laptop to the bathroom so he could listen in while he had a shower. He was worried he would be late to help his daughter with a few things, and then he needed to go to his second job as a swim instructor. Why was he taking a shower before going swimming? Anyway, um, I digress. The point is, his, co- his colleagues realized what was happening, that he left his video on while he was taking the shower. And so they started seeing like the frosted glass appear in front of his, uh, in place of his face on the video. And they started to panic because he was going to come out of the shower at some point, right? Um, and so the mayor, good man that he is, and this is the reason why he's in that job, he decided to take charge and he actually ended the meeting before we could all see what was going to unfold when he stepped out of the shower. Um, so here's the thing, right? I, first of all, showering before going to the pool is... I, I, I can't believe I have to explain this to you. You have to do it, man. Don't be that guy. <laughs> it's better when you do it in your house, <laughs> probably before. <laughs> anyway, see this whole teleworking thing, right? You see, see it's caused all these scandals, right? Because people keep forgetting to turn off their video or, you know, forget to well, have pants on. And I know that sounds weird because it sounds like I'm alluding to instances of people being caught with their pants down. And I am, right? There was a guy who was doing a live news segment and he positioned his camera in such a way that you could see that he didn't have pants on. Uh, someone else was... <laughs> uh, this this gets me. This this person was quite unruly because they, they brought their phone with them to the bathroom. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the problem here, the real problem, is employers who insist on using video during meetings. Right? You know how we used to say, you know, in the old days, that, you know, that meeting could have been an email. Right? Every yep. time someone calls a pointless meeting. We need to get a new one going, which is where we say that that could have been a voice note and not a video call. <laughs> yeah um so by the way you know mr bustillo offered to resign um which was very honorable of him but he also said he has no regrets so he's saying you know he's like listen i've spent half of my life naked uh half naked and i've never been ashamed of my nudity or that of others these are his words and so he doesn't see he doesn't really see what the problem is um but yeah that's that's kind of a tragic story uh, I mean, see, this is a guy who gets it, right? It's completely relatable stuff. Think about how many times you've stepped out of the shower and you were naked, 
right? That's not a big deal. Does it matter that the entire world is watching? Not really. Right. I'll tell you what is impressive though. If you watch the video of this, I found uh, found a Spanish <laughs> website that had like a 40 second video of this. Um, the, the people in the call, uh, they have zero reaction to seeing their colleague walk out of the shower naked. Like literally everyone's just silent except for the person who's saying, oh, hey, you should probably end the call. I guess that's what he's saying in Spanish. Um, and I, I think there's something to be said there for Spanish tact. Because yeah, I, I think the American equivalent of that would be some kind of screaming. But, you know, that's <laughs> something. Okay, that that's the last of our major stories. So we're gonna segue into our uh, to our more random <laughs> ones. These are smaller. Um, so first one: a peacock escapes from the Prospect Park Zoo in New York City and goes on a run for a while. Um, Naturally, the police chased it around because people had you know, reported that there was a peacock running around. Uh, they finally mm-hmm. cornered it, um, credit to them. But then it took off again, uh, and this time it jumped back into the zoo. So, so that worked out. That worked out really well. I'm wondering how well they cornered it for it to escape. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. you, you can go look that up if you're really interested. Um, this is another one. Some guy in Michigan won 160 bucks right from the lottery. Right. And that's pretty good. That kind of thing happens all the time. So this guy went and bought the same ticket three more times. And then he won $2 million. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> hmm? Oh, wow. So talking about a lot of money, a man in Pune. And by the way, thanks to our listener, Dominica, for flagging this story and that of the, the Zoom call from Spain. But a man in Pune, India, got a face mask made of pure gold. Right. Mm. And so this mask has small holes in it for breathing uh, and it costs 400,000 US dollars. He said he wasn't sure of its effectiveness uh, against coronavirus, but he's, you know, he's wearing it about and it's in the news. You know what that is? That's gold right there. Wow. Really? No, really. Someone had to do it. I mean, I'm only surprised it took this long because it's a very obvious thing to do. If you think about all the other stuff we've done involving gold, um, for example, there are ATMs that you go to and you put your bank card in and you get gold bars instead mm-hmm. of money. Um, yeah, that's a real thing. Um, you can also have gold shavings on food yeah, um, that, yeah. that you eat, um, I, I guess, as opposed to food or, or seasoning. I don't know. Now, now that we have a golden mask, um, obviously, we need to get a face shield as well. It's made out of gold. That's Wait, really you, the... You... You do realize, you know what, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so this is, a, this is a transcript, right? So there's some politician in the U.S., right? Um, and she's giving some advice to the local population about how to behave when they go to the public tennis courts. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this reminds me of the, the Novak situation. But anyway, I'm just going to quote her word for word here. So you just tell me if there's anything wrong with this. Every player, unless they're from the same household, has to bring their own tennis balls so that you don't touch other people's tennis balls with your hands. You can kick their balls, but you can't touch them. Of course, if you're playing with someone in your household, you can touch those tennis balls. And to avoid confusion between whose balls are whose, you can use a marker, like a Sharpie, to mark out an X or put someone's initials on them. So uh, there you have it, the uh, definitive guide to uh, 
the tennis balls. Right. Um, yeah, I was definitely wondering how you would make out which balls belong to whom. Because, um, yeah, the, the Sharpie and the marker kind of, I mean, you, but you have to get close to them to see it, right? So at that yep. point, you might be touching them. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. I'll be sure to note that if I go play tennis uh, with tennis balls. But you know what? Iran has issued an arrest warrant for Donald Trump. Um, so that <laughs> happened. And uh, I read something about the Reserve Bank of India trying to charge people interest on their interest repayments, which have been granted a moratorium. So basically what happened is because of the coronavirus and the economy sort of um, you know, collapsing, the, the government allowed people to defer their interest payments on their loans. But the bank is now saying, well, that money that you didn't pay us, we need interest on that because we would have earned interest on that if you had paid us. And so the issue now is that interest should not be charged on interest, which is all just really interesting. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good story. Uh, we should follow that. Okay. This, um, I like this story, right? So you've heard this before. Space. The final frontier. Right? Yeah. Something we've all wanted to know is what does space smell like? Think about it. You've wondered that. I've wondered that. Everybody listening to this show has wondered that. Well, good news. You no longer have to wonder about that because today I can introduce you to space, the final fragrance. No, that that's not a bad pun. That that's an actual thing. There is a perfume that's called <laughs> I don't know how to say this word, ooh, this space, ooh, this space. I, I don't know. French is a difficult language for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you can look that up. It really does try to um, tell you what space smells like in, in an actual perfume that you can buy. Um, oh. Next story. This is just one sentence. Flying cars in the Australian outback. W- what else do you need? Like, just go and type that into Google <laughs> and, like, have a good evening. <laughs> okay. So, my last uh, random story. You guys know Vanilla Ice, right? Um, yep. His real name is Robert Matthew Van Winkle. And I know we haven't talked about presidential names in a while, but mm-hmm. think about that. President Robert Matthew Van Winkle. Man, it's, it, it just, it sounds like, it sounds like he's, he's a really good president. I don't know what it is, but I like it. I like it. President Van Winkle. Anyway. He was going to do a 4th of July concert, Vanilla Ice, um, in Texas, no less, uh, because they didn't have coronavirus in the 90s, according to him. Um, and apparently that was the last of the great decades. This is all according here, here. to uh, Mr. Van Winkle. Um, he also said in his uh, Instagram post that Mortal Kombat is better than Fortnite. <laughs> Naturally, I agree with him on that. Yeah, I, yeah it, it seems like a weird piece of information to include. He didn't do the concert <laughs> in the end, um, you know, a good sense. Because, <laughs> again, in Texas, of all places, you know, with a number of cases. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Okay, uh, that was our last story. Thank you for listening. Um, and also, thank you for the feedback. Um, we really enjoyed reading the response we got to our survey. Uh, you'll notice that I said response and not responses. That, that's because only one person actually filled out the survey. So, um, anyway, like I said, very enjoyable to read. So, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> one person. You know, if you want to <laughs> receive a special shout-out like that one person who filled it already, you can uh, find the link on all our social media where we are at uh, True Story XYZ. So hurry up, you know, before someone else gets second place and you're stuck with bronze. 
see you soon, guys. Bye.